let's start with the book of Numbers. And it's really important what Mike says before, and consider the whole scripture as one book, and not just chapters here and chapters there. But the book of Numbers is in, we should say, almost the middle of what Moses wrote um, in the time of around uh, 1400 BC and we're going to consider how in the book of Genesis we have the calling of the people of Israel in the book of Exodus we have the deliverance from Egypt and then in the book of Leviticus we saw how the people of uh, Israel was sanctified and it's concerning the Levites but now here in the book of Numbers uh, we are going to consider the journey of the people of Israel from that time in Mount Sinai if, if we read the first verse of the book of Numbers it says as the Lord spoke unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt saying so this is about what happened what what happened in the book of Exodus and all the instructions that they were given uh, by the Lord to Moses uh, the building of the tabernacle the law and many other things that we saw last week in the book of Exodus but now here we will have the journey of the people of uh, Israel from this moment to um, if we go very quickly to the end of, of the book of, of Numbers it will let us know where, where it ends and then we will have the book of Deuteronomy so the last chapter, last verse it says these are the commandments and the judgments uh, which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho so we have uh, here how Moses spoke uh, the words of the Lord. So, if we want to answer the question of which, who, who is the writer of this book? Well, of course, it's Moses, because many times in this book we have how the Lord has spoken to Moses, uh, chapter 1, and even in the last chapter. And I have some verses, uh, verse uh, 1 of chapter 1, verse 48, verse uh, 1 of chapter 2. In many times here in the book of Numbers, we will see how the Lord has spoken to Moses. So Moses is a type of Christ and how Moses was the instrument of God to speak to the people of Israel. But now we have the privilege to, uh, to have the word of God uh, personally, uh, which is the spirit of Christ. And that's something that I would like to introduce today, how the book of the, well, how the, book of the Bible is about Christ. And it's what we uh, heard last week in the book of Luke and even in John and in Matthew how uh, the scriptures are about Christ so um, we ask for wisdom to God tonight to try to discover Christ in this beautiful book of Numbers um, so basically the book of Numbers is called uh, it's called Numbers because we have two numbering of the people here chapter 1 and chapter 26 and you may ask why two numberings well, actually, the first numbering in chapter 1 is of an old generation, and I'm going to speak more about this later. And in chapter 26, we'll have the numbering of a new generation. 
So you may ask why two generations? Well, that's why the book of Numbers is really interesting. And it's how uh, an old generation didn't believe what God says in his word, and a new generation came after. So we're going to try to discover those things here in, in the book of Numbers. If uh, it's a book of the journey, and then I'm going to show you three divisions of this book. So uh, the first part, from chapter 1 to chapter 10, we will have the preparation of Sinai. So as we read before, those were the words that the Lord has sp spoken to Moses uh, in the wilderness of Sinai. So here in the first part, we will have many interesting things uh, that reveal our Lord Jesus and uh, firstly, uh, between chapter 1 and chapter 4, we have the position, the numbering, and the responsibilities of the people here. And it's beautiful because when we think about the, uh, the numbering of the people, well, that's great because it gives us, it gives us more information about uh, which were the people who came out from, from Egypt, who were going to possess uh, the promised land. And that's great. And but when we go to the position of the people, that's even greater because when I was looking into that, that was really beautiful. How the tabernacle is in the center of 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 the we we may say of the people, and around the tabernacle there were the Levites, and around the Levites there were uh, three tribes in the south, three tribes on the north, three tribes on the east, on the east, and three tribes on the west. And we can read that. In chapter chapter one at the end and uh, verses 52 and 53 and it says and the children of Israel shall teach uh, chapter 1 at the end verse 52 and 53 it says and the children of Israel shall pitch their tents every man by his own camp and every man by him by his own standard throughout their hosts but the Levites shall pitch run about the tabernacle of testimony that there were the that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel and the Levites shall keep the church of the tabernacle of testimony and that, that speaks about how God it must be the center of of, of the people of God so uh, God must be in the center that means that Christ is the center of our lives Christ is the center for everything Christ is the reason and even uh, as the Levites Run about the tabernacle is a type of is a type of Christ because we are not allowed to go. Well, at that time the people were not allowed to go into the tabernacle, but there were the Levites around the tabernacle. So that means it's something between the people and between the tabernacle. And if we go to our days now, there is someone in the middle, which is Christ. Christ is the only mediator between men and between God. So that's the second thing I want to speak. So firstly, is how Christ is the center. And secondly, how Christ is the way. He's the way in between men and between God. Uh, so it, the, the three divisions that I want to speak tonight, the first one, as I told you, is the preparation of the old generation. So that's between chapter 1 and chapter 10. And the second part, it's the failure of this generation. So it's, it's, it's impressive and it's striking how to consider how this old generation, so all the miracles that God did uh, with the plagues in Egypt, how uh, God delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh, how God were caring of them in the wilderness, but how these people were complaining all the way. 
And if we go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, it's it's kind of summary. It's a summary of what happened in the wilderness, and it's something something impressive because they were the people of God, and they were they saw all the miraculous works that God did at that time. So if we go to First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 11, uh, we will find many things that you will find in the book of Numbers if you take a good reading of, of this book. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I would know that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the clouds and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the clouds and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, that, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. Neither did us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So if we go back, they did five things. And we will find those five things in the book in the book of Numbers. And it's for example, they lost after evil things in verse six. We'll find that in Numbers eleven, in chapter eleven. If we go to, uh, they commit fornication, and some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. We will find that in Numbers twenty-five. And if we say uh, in verse nine, let us tempt Christ, it happened in Numbers twenty-one. And then it says, Nida uh, Mumori in verse 10, it will happen in Numbers 14. So we will find in the whole book of Numbers how the people fail, not just once, not twice, not three times, but many times. And we will find the mercy of God, how God is absolutely merciful with those people and how He shows His kindness. Well, at the beginning, He put judgment on them, but then we will find how Moses plead for the people and how Moses was asking for forgiveness to God and it's it's beautiful how Moses is a type of Christ how Christ was the one who was asking God for our forgiveness but asking God for our forgiveness in the in the basis of his death and in the basis of his life here on earth and in the basis of his sacrifice so it, it's sweet to think about Christ as our savior as as the savior of every one of our lives and that's the second part that I was uh, going to speak about you, the failure of the old generation. But the top of the failure, and I would like to, to really uh, give you an approach of this, uh, his disbelief in Kadesh Barnea, which was between chapter 13 and chapter 14. So you may ask, what is that? And the reason was, God gave them a promise that we saw in Genesis to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and it was a promise of a land. And you may ask, well, that's great, a promise of a land. But what happened with the people of Israel? 
they didn't believe on God, and that's what happened with the old generation. And it is an example, as it says in First Corinthians, it's an example for ourselves. Are we believing on the promises of God? If not, what's going to happen well, with the people of Israel was judgment. And we, we may see in chapter uh, 13 of the book of Numbers, in the middle of the second division of the book, very quickly, and it says in chapter 13, And then the Lord is spoken to Moses, verse 1, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. So, uh, it was spoken unto Moses to send twelve uh, spies. So, twelve spies went to the promised land. And if we go to the verse uh, 25, it says that they returned from searching the land after 40 days. But what happened? Twelve people went to the promised land, but just two believed on the promise of God. And ten were complaining about what uh, God was going to do. Why? Because they saw the circumstances, and the circumstances around was great people, great rare warriors, and they tried to do the will of God by themselves. And that's a problem, because we cannot do the will of God if God is not helping us to, to, to do His will. And... They didn't believe in God, so that's an admonition or that's an exhortation for ourselves to believe on the promises of God. And on the last part, so three parts, first part, the preparation of the old generation, second part, the failure of that generation, and in the third part, after 40 years, all that generation who faced the judgment of God, they just died in the wilderness. So we will find a new generation at the end of the chapters of Numbers. And that new generation, it's the generation who is going to uh, cross the Jordan to conquer the promised land. And that's what the book of Deuteronomy is going gonna, is gonna to talk about. So I'm just going to summary the book of Numbers in six things. And the first one is, as I told you before, Christ, the center of our lives, as Christ was the center of the people of God throughout the wilderness. So the tabernacle was in the center and the people was around the tabernacle. And if we remember on Sundays, on Sundays, Christ is the center of our meetings. So Christ is the center of our remembrance. The second one, Christ is the only access to God. So as the Levites were run about the tabernacle as a high priest, it was the way before to go into the promise, in, into the presence of God. Uh, is Christ today the only access to God, to get into God. And the, the third one is... Uh, well, if we go some of the um, of the things of the preparation of the old generation, there were precepts, there were uh, some things about leprosy, the compensation, and it was something beautiful about the bow, the bow of the Nazarite, who was one person consecrated unto God, and to do different things. So that remind me how Christ was totally separated to do the will of God. So first one, Christ in the center. Secondly, Christ. Uh, the only access to God. Thirdly, how Christ was separated to do the will of God. Uh, fifth, uh, number five, how Christ was caring of the people all the way of the wilderness. Try to imagine living in, in the wilderness for around 40 years. It's almost impossible for someone. But Christ, uh, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, was that a spiritual rock? What does, was that a spiritual meat, spiritual 
um, supplement of that people. And number six, and the last one is Christ is our salvation. So basically, the book of Numbers give us some examples to what happened to people who don't believe uh, in, the, in the promises of God, who try to do um, the will of God in their own strength, but that's impossible. The only way to do the will of God is through His power, through the Holy Spirit. And lastly, I just want to read Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 12, which is an invitation for us, which says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. So for unbelievers, uh, it will be an instruction to believe on God, in the promises of God. Today is the day of salvation. We will still have time to believe in our Lord Jesus as our Lord, as God, as Savior, to, to, to ask Him for forgiveness of our sins. But for believers, it's a time to remember that God was protecting His people throughout the wilderness. And the wilderness is our life here on earth. How many trials and problems, but God is the one who is caring of us. So that's uh, a little bit of the book of Numbers, and it's an incredible book to read and to learn. So hope God have spoken tonight about this book and just it's an invitation for us to read this book.